Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. This meeting of the Movie Council is now in session. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Movie Council podcast. I am your host and CEO, Tim Sherry. Wait, what? Wait a second. (laughs) You sound different. I'm not Tim Sherry. I am the COO. Well, tonight I am the acting CEO, Andy Sherry, Andrew Sherry, AJ, as most people uh, that listen to us know me as hey, AJ. Tonight, <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, Mikey? Um, tonight we're one short for some reason. Hmm. Um, I believe um, he'll tell you a different story when he comes back next week. But if he's back next week, but I believe he's been suspended. Mm-hmm. With pay because he's the CEO, so I'm sure he's still getting paid right. fictitious money for this fictitious company. <laughs> but the he rumor, is suspended. The rumor has it. Marky, do you want to elaborate? Rumor has it he was suspended for some. And if you've listened to us, you know that it's very likely he was suspended for something derogatory. That's mm-hmm. what I heard. I mean, word around the water cooler was that uh you know he had made one too many she can get it claims mm-hmm. and it caught up to him well that's what dp told me i mean yeah. that's well, well the phrase the i'm yeah. hearing is me too so I, yeah. I i don't know what that means but i maybe he'll be back next week and we'll find out but uh... maybe maybe <laughs> but we will forge ahead without him tonight we have um mm. uh, it is uh we're up to episode 52 we have we have never done anything like this before on the podcast this is an extremely special episode because tonight well i'll go around the panel first but then we can talk about what we have in store tonight it's very special but i would be remiss if i yeah (laughs) yes burying the lead if i would be remiss if i did not go around the uh the smaller panel we have tonight and introduce my cohorts for this evening and for every evening. Esteemed, maybe? Uh, mm. Yeah, I would say we are esteemed. <laughs> we are we are perhaps, quote-unquote, more esteemed than usual tonight. <laughs> Addiction by subtraction, as it were. And I will begin, as I'm acting CEO, we're just all moving over a seat, okay, tonight. Right. The acting COO it may not be acting for long, mm. but forget all that. He is my younger brother. I, I almost said what TW says, my big brother. He's my younger brother by 15 months. Right? 15 months? And yes, sir. Nine, yeah. Nine days. He is the chief boy toy, most importantly. Dan, I am. Sherry, how are you this evening? I'm doing quite well. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to this episode. This should be a fun one. Mar- Marky's, it's Marky's topic, and uh, it, we, we get we got some stuff in store for it. <laughs> so, um, 
So yeah. this should be a fun one. I, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. Do we uh want to drop that social media? Oh yes, but th- th- thank you for the reminder. Uh yeah, absolutely. Everyone, uh, please uh, rate and review the podcast on iTunes and follow us on social media. We can be found uh, everywhere at Movie Council Pod. And if you would like to send us an email, that can be sent to moviecouncilpod at gmail. Perfect. Please hit us up. We will read any message you send us. Yeah. Maybe on you the podcast. Mean Anything. shit. We'll read it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You could tear us an, a new asshole and we'll read it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know that I can. I'm going to use vocabulary I don't even understand tonight. Hosting is so out of my wheelhouse. But <laughs> I'm not going to do this with as much panache. Is that a word? As T.W. would, (laughs) as I introduce my second co-host, he comes to, uh, let me just say, let's swing it on down to Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to talk to my, my friend, my, my, my brother from another mother. Um, I will say some of the stuff T.W. says. He is sexy. He is handsome. <laughs> He's well, he is very, very, very thick-bearded. And, um, yeah. Marky, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. You guys always fluff me up so much. You know, all these I, didn't, I don't even know how to fluff people up this guy. I think T.W. <laughs> has it down to a science. And I just, yeah. I can't Dude. get there. Dude, thick nice. bearded was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, how are you this fine evening? I'm good, man. I'm really good. Thank you. Um, I'm excited to talk about this. You know, I was a little bit nervous uh, about this topic going into it, but I think DP pulled off the uh, damn near, uh, I mean, impossible, right? I think this is going to be really so. neat. It's going to be yeah. really cool. Yeah. Right. It is. So let's let's get into it. I'm going to pass it over to you in a second. But yeah, we did something really special for you guys tonight. Um, DP has um, we. Deep, I'll, I'll let Marky explain it. But DP has done some stuff with the uh, sound engineering, so to speak, in mm-hmm. the podcast, and uh, and we're going to get into it. Marky, what did what, what do you got in store for us tonight? Yes. Yeah, so the topic for tonight is going to be centered around music and movies. Now, you know, in uh, the Oscars, there are awards that go to this, and we're not necessarily into that lane. I guess to a degree we are, but Mm. I wanted to break this down into three different topics that I thought would be a lot of fun to talk about. And maybe it will cross over into some sort of award section. We don't have TW here tonight. You can't tell us, you know, this was also a best original soundtrack or what have you. I, I might have you covered. Okay. All right. <laughs> Good. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay. Maybe. So the way we're going to break this down, or first let me, let me, um, no, let me, let me talk about how we're breaking it down and then I'll give it, uh, I'll talk to how DP was able to pull this off, make it as cool as it, it's going to be here. So first we're going to talk about our favorite composer. Each one of us uh, will speak on our favorite composer that has worked in film and kind of talk, uh, bring up 
of uh, two or three specific movies, maybe some shout outs. The second topic within this music topic for tonight will be our favorite soundtrack of a movie. And then for the final topic, we are going to talk about our favorite song within a movie. So all three of these can be, but don't have to be related to each other. And what DP has pulled off as brilliant as he is, is he is going to sample some music and play it. The, the ones that we have chosen tonight, he's going to play overlay. And so we can hear some while we're talking about it. And I think it would be extra special to everyone that's listening at home in their car, at work, wherever, because you don't have to guess what fucking music <laughs> what song that we're talking about. Right? You get to yeah, hear. It. Yeah. So this would be really cool. It's the best part of this, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I got to say, it worked out, actually worked out really well that Tim isn't here tonight because that would be just that many more clips I would have had to pull. So with just the three yeah. of us, it was, it was less work. So. Yeah, so thank you, you Tim. <laughs> there you go. All right, so, so I was so thinking that we would talk about... Yes, yeah, yeah, I was going to ask. Uh, no, I was going to ask, where did, where did you want to start as far as the... the... I want to talk about composers first. Okay. I want to okay. talk about composers mm. first, then soundtrack second, and then uh, favorite songs last. And okay. I, th- I was thinking that we would just take turns like... Uh, Composer one, two, three, soundtrack one, two, three, uh, song one, two, three. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so, for since it's my topic for tonight, I guess I get to pick. And sure. I want to hear some of what AJ is dishing out with that composer. Wow, I had to, I had to host, and now, and now I got to go first. Oh, right. sorry, you want to break? Right. You know what? You know what? Let's do it. Let Let's jump yeah. in head first into the deep end. Hey, you let's are go. the acting CEO, so you know what? Yeah. Put on the big boy pants. You, I, you're I got, in, you're in got, the big boy office. I got to do the big, <laughs> big swinging dick stuff, as TW that's says. Right. right? Okay. Great, great. So that's what we're doing tonight. Swinging dicks, signing checks, all that. Yeah. So I I have to first um, preface um, my um, composer pick by saying that I, you know, I, I, maybe I'm the type of person that I love film. We all love film. That's why we're here. I don't take scores for granted, but I guess I just, never really dug into the men and women, the talented composers out there that are making the music that is so integral to um, just how you feel about a film, right? Yeah. And just bring the tension for like a psychological thriller or, or, um, you know, uh, really evoke emotion in, in, in a heartfelt drama or, or make you laugh more even because of the excitement they bring to a comedic scene. So I, I just think this is such a special episode because it it, it for, not forced me, but it, it allowed me to to look at these composers, to look at, actually look at the composers and think about that stuff. And I rewatched one of the films for the composer I picked today again just to rewatch it and i paid attention to this to the score not that i mean it's right in your face the uh, the film that i'm going to be that i'm 
that I, I'll bring, I'll let you know in a second. But it's right in your face from the opening credits. But you know, I'm paying more attention to the plot, to the acting, whatever, to the even to the cinematography and some of the tricks that you know this particular director was was known for. Whatever. So the composer I picked, his name is Bernard Herman, and he did a ton of Hitchcock stuff. And he also was very famous. His first film credit was Citizen Kane. Whoa. Right. Um, and then he did a bunch of Hitchcock. He did uh, the, the original Cape Fear. He did Taxi Driver. This guy is a legit. Oh, cool. le- he's a legit legend. Um, he did win an Oscar, uh, but not for any of the films that I mentioned um, for a different film. No, no, I'm gonna have to look. But anyway, so anyway, so he's done all that money can buy. Maybe was the name of the film. But this guy is a legit legend, and I rewatched the movie Psycho today. Nice. And he did like some big, huge Hitchcock films. Like he was one of Hitchcock's most well, most used or frequently used composers. He did North by Northwest, Vertigo. He did Psycho. And I rewatched Psycho today. And obviously the score is right in your face when you're watching this film, right? These are the opening credits, right? And and the opening credits are just amazing for Psycho. Um, I mean, listen to the... scary. It just... Yeah, and the film is all about being like... It's all about being scared, right? And being tense. Mm-hmm. And this really builds to intensity. It, like, oh, it's so good. And what, and what? And what I noticed about this, he's using a lot of um, a lot of violin and a lot of string, yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of string throughout the entire film. Right. I love this part of the song, by the way. Yeah. I should shut up and just listen. <laughs> But the uh, use of string, the use of string to, uh, and I think the actual, the sound of the string is what, it's the what part that makes you scared. Like, that's mm-hmm. not the part that, break, yes. that ratchet, ratchets up the tension. It's is, the, is the use of the string. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The string Very is unnerving. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and it, yeah, that, that song really just elicits that, like. And a nervy feeling. Probably you hear that, and you're like looking over your shoulder. It's it's yeah. so so well done. A few other things, and I'm and I'm and I'm leaning more towards Psycho because I just watched it again today. As just you know, sort of like a like I said, when I watch a film, I'm not always like I know the music's there. Not 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 that every director uses scores in that way, but Hitchcock used score and composers to great effect. And mm. he had to. I mean, like his films, you you need them for for to to create the mood almost. And then I was noticing when I'm watching Psycho, there are times when there's no there's no score. You know, there's, there's scenes where the, there's dialogue and the and the actors are talking and performing in the scene. But there's also times when the, the score is like kind of subtle. It's like Janet Lee's walking around the motel room and doing some things. And then it starts to crank up a little bit and it starts to crank up a little bit. And, and he's playing with like, like that too, throughout the film. Like when, when is like, when do you need to like play it loud? When do you need to back it off and just make it like, sort of like, you know, almost like their theme music, but they're, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like they're walking around. That's their music as they're walking around, you know, or whatever. And I just, it's just so fascinating to me now. And that's why I'm so happy we're doing this episode because it has allowed me to take a look at this sort of thing in film. And, and I will constantly be paying attention to score now, just as part of this exercise. Like I just, I love film as it is, but it just brings it, brings something so important to the foreground for me. Um, as, as far as, you know, the musical score, you know, I notice songs in films. We'll get to that later. So I yeah. notice music and songs and some, you know, like T- Quentin Tarantino and we'll, we, we did a part one of the retrospective uh, recently. He uses music to great effect in his film. He doesn't mm-hmm. always use a score to great effect, but he uses songs. He uses music, whether it's music playing on the radio. DP, you're going to have to tell me the, the name of the, 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 the word Still he on. used. It's no, uh, the, diegetic. Yeah, yeah and, so oh, the music either yeah, the characters yeah. can hear or the characters can't hear, but it's still musical tracks versus yeah. a composer and an orchestra playing, you know, and that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we'll get to this in a little while, but, um, you know, Tarantino has used the score in a film and he did it to great effect. And we'll talk about that mm-hmm. later. Yeah. Um, and in a, in a Western. So. Uh, with a with a with a legend at doing western scores so i'm not going to sorry i don't want to step all over your marky but that we're going to talk about that in a bit but bernard herman legend and i'm going to be going in and trying to watch rewatch some like i'm going to rewatch vertigo like for crying out loud like mm-hmm. that's one of that's probably my second favorite hitchcock film and, you know, of course I'm listening, I'm hearing, you're hearing it. It's almost like audibly you're yeah. hearing the score, but you're not like paying attention to the score. But now I will. Thanks yeah. to this. Absolutely. DP, yeah. do you have another uh, Bernard? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you it, did, right? Yeah. As AJ mentioned, you did Cape Fear, which also has another one of those really eerie Spine tingling like, scores, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it's like impending man. doom. Oh, right? yeah. Big time. Yeah. Someone's yeah. about to get murdered. Bill. Using right? horns. <laughs> Using a horn. a horn here. It's like. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's so. Yeah. Like I said, the, the way you can build tension and suspense in a movie like it and this guy yeah. he's bam, so good at it bam. right and that's, choose, a, like, that's a bad guy soundtrack right there right, right. but like choosing which key to play to play it in you know like to be up an octave or whatever oh, they're brilliant yeah it's just unbelievable to me mm-hmm. and uh that one that that song gives me chills yeah, yeah. if yeah, you were totally if you were gives me chills or if you're if you're home alone and that song is on <laughs> I think you'd probably just die in fear, <laughs> right? Your body would just shut off. You'd be like, oh, we're dead. Let's just call or it Or literally, right? literally start walking around my house looking to see, like, who's behind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I just think um, score back in, like, um, I don't think that, like, musical tracks besides in, like, musicals, like The Sound of Music and, and those older uh-huh. films. Mm-hmm. They use like musical tracks and singing in the films. Mm-hmm. But I think the score for like people like Hitchcock or some yeah. Wells, like the score, yeah. especially, so yeah, 
they, they didn't have special effects and fucking CGI no, no. to like help create also stuff. So they had to use yeah. what they had at their disposal, and music was one of the big things to use. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's awesome. That's point. The tone, yeah, yeah. So yeah, very good. Literally sets the tone. Right? Oh, right. for fuck's sake! Yeah. Um, but did that, you have that, more that you wanted I, to touch on for Bernard? Not really. I think the big thing for me is, uh, like DP was saying, the scores for films that are older. And I really love Hitchcock, and I love classic films uh, of his. And I think, you know, he picked a composer here, Bernard Herrmann, that just understood, you know. And, And you know what I was thinking about before we move on? I was thinking, like, in the process of making a film, like what is the composer given in order to create the song, in order to create compose right. the, the tune? Is mm. he shown like the movie? That's the, is he shown what I was the thinking film? too? Yeah, is he shown the film I, in yeah. just you know without music and this is what it is? Is he shown the script? Is, what is he given to go on first? To me, if yeah, I, I get where you're or. I get where you're going. To me, it feels like he has a sleepover with a director for like two weeks and then he yeah. watched the movie every day. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. He's yeah, reading yeah. the script and he's like, right now, I'm really scared. And Hitchcock's like, yeah, in this scene, I really want you to crank up like the tension or mm-hmm. I really, you know, and, right. and it's got to be so precise though, right? It's such a precise this is, this, form of art. Because without that, the, 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 the Composing the soundtrack, not soundtrack, the score makes the movie so so much more than you think. If it was a different score, a different song, it would be a different feeling, but you wouldn't know what that even is because we don't have that. So it it plays such a massive part that I feel like, I mean, I was joking, but I really do feel like a director like Hitchcock and a, uh, a master composer like the Bernard guy you're talking about, I feel like they got to be buddies and they, they have to be on the same level of knowing what they the do. other one wants and right. how they, it wants uh, to come they, off. They got to be in the, the, like, right. The same headspace about the tone. Yes. And yeah. And everything. So, yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. And I just, I, I, I like the image of that. They just had to do sleepovers for like, yeah. a couple of days, you know, and just be in each other's head, be in each other's space. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, him just laying down, laying down, like, like, this is what I'm thinking for here and have him play it. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Right. Oh man. Yeah. We're almost there, you know, and kind of, yeah. And the more they did it together, I bet you the less they had to, you know, they had he to quibble over it. Yeah, right. uh-huh. it's probably he why just, certain directors stick with certain composers sure. and they I'm just gonna, get and, each other. Yeah, and I kind of want to mention that at the end, I've I've seen that even with like contemporary composers, um, like Johnny Greenwood, the uh-huh. guitarist for um, uh, Radiohead, who's mm-hmm. done a lot yeah. of Paul Thomas Anderson films. Okay, and so he leans on him, and he uses him. He did Phantom Thread mm-hmm. was nominated for an Oscar. He did that. There will be blood. Uh, score and the master, the master, and yeah, yeah. See, I wasn't aware of that. I don't pay enough attention to the music. I, I, like you said, I catch songs and soundtracks. Like, oh, I know that song. Yeah. When it comes to a score or a composer, 
it's not unless you stick around for the credits or see it in the intro by chance that you recognize a staple of a name. Like, uh, what would you say Bernard's last name is again? Herman. Bernard Herman or your Hans Zimmer or your Ennio Morricone, you know. Uh, John Williams. Yeah, these guys. Yeah. Um, is Bernard Herman, is he still around or is he has he passed? I think he's deceased. Yeah. Working on Hitchcock films as a while ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's all I got for my guy. I think um, okay. it, uh, this was a fascinating thing to study, though, and look into. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, DP, do you want to uh, jump on next or do you want me to take it? Yeah. I don't have yeah, a question. I'd love to go next because um, sure. yeah, as you guys are saying, there are so many uh, scores to movies that like when you're watching the movie, the, the score like moves you and it keeps you engrossed uh-huh. in the movie. But if you hear it outside of the movie, it like you wouldn't recognize it, you know, like like the right. score from the Lord of the Rings was like intense. Mm-hmm. But if I just played the CD, you might not recognize it. Yeah, unless but, you're some sort of fanboy. Yeah, but then there are some composers that like it, you hear it anywhere and you fucking know exactly. Okay, what it yeah, is. yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. and that is why I I picked John Williams. John Williams has some of the most iconic scores of all time like some of them in this one i'm gonna play this one this this just makes me happy i i fucking love this oh oh, oh yeah right i mean (laughs) nice Ah, it it just it just brings a smile to my face you know like you you can't help but think of superman when you hear that song i think even in the recent man of steel movies they used bits of this sound the score for the new man of steel because it's just it's hand in hand with superman at this point Yeah. yeah it has that like feeling of triumph I was right? just gonna, that's the exact same word that came to yes. my mind triumph and like hope and like good will prevail mm-hmm. like, it's just a, like an upbeat like we will win kind of song yeah and he's got that one is the indiana jones oh, i cool. mean an, another one that like love you, that you just hear it and you know it and that's then him he, too yeah oh yeah and then he nice. can switch it up and like you said that one feeling very triumphant and uh-huh. like victorious and then you got other ones like oh my god right <laughs> this dude this guy's again awesome. just scares you <laughs> you just picture darth vader oh. listen listen to, listen to the uh, percussion there like the percussion of the march oh. yeah. right John Williams said, I need an army of drums. Right. (laughs) 10,000 didgeridoos. Yeah. So, again, yeah, John Williams is one of those guys that, like, his scores, like, go beyond the movie, you know? 
Like you I can hear know. it anywhere and recognize like you hear Indiana Jones's theme and you know it's Indiana Jones. You hear Superman, Darth Vader, all of it is you can hear it anywhere and know what it is. So I didn't want to jump into your shit already so quick, but I didn't I don't know that guy's name off the if you were to tell that name of like, yeah, it sounds like a dude that works at seven eleven or something. But <laughs> each one of those scores, like you said, is so iconic that mm-hmm. I would recognize that anywhere. And right. I had no idea the same person did all of those. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, he, he is an absolute legend. And again, I mean, to me, because I knew he did all of them, it, uh-huh. he seemed to be the most obvious. But like I, as AJ was saying a couple of weeks ago, just because it's obvious doesn't mean you shouldn't go with it. So No, I'm glad you I did. had Fuck to go yeah. with, with John Williams because, yeah, he really has done some absolutely amazing work and you don't happen to have the um indiana indiana jones track uh, yeah i you. didn't pull that one i just said uh yeah those the, the two are just <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> so can i just mention real quick afi did like at one point they do like you know 100 movie 100 years 100 movies whatever but they also did top 25 movie scores john williams appears the most times in the top wow. 25 three wow he's number one with star wars Mm-hmm. He's number six with Jaws. Oh, that's right. Oh, he did wow. Jaws. Holy God shit. Damn, I should have pulled guy. that one. And he's number 14 with E.T. Yeah. Wow. Oh, E.T. E.T. is a good one. But again, yeah, I still feel like the Superman theme is more iconic. Indiana Jones is more iconic. Yeah. So this oh, by guy... the way, just as a just as a little rewind, Bernard Herman's on there twice with Vertigo and Psycho. Nice. So Actually. These are some legit songs. Oh, Ennio Morricone's on there too. Of course. I, I can't, he can't not be. The, yeah. the John Williams guy, though, that's his name, right? John Williams? Yes. I'm yeah. not going to forget his name now. Um, he might be the most, I mean, the most accomplished. The, yeah, or the yeah. most iconic, at least, when it comes to American yep, film. Yep. Yeah, and we're talking I, about. You can't see a film like that, and, and it, he, you know, it, that he hasn't had like his imprint on a film yeah. that's so iconic from especially especially stuff from the eighties like my goodness and like DP was saying um, mm-hmm. like something like Lord of the Rings unless you're like a, a, a huge fan you're not going to recognize it but you hear those scores and it instantly transports you to you yeah that's what is in your mind that's what it, you're flooded with the imagery. Of Darth Vader, you know, uh, Superman of these, flying these movies. Superman, yeah, yeah. it's indie it's cracking the whip. Yeah, like yeah, all of it is so. Yeah, yeah. Jaws, it, Jaws, dun 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 dun. dun. Oh, like, yeah, I can't believe I didn't pull that one. I and now I'm picking myself. I mean, that Jaws one is amazing. There's too many to choose from, right? <laughs> we can, we can I think he, I think he won an Oscar for Jaws. Mm-hmm. Bottom. He's won a couple of a few Oscars, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. He's uh five. He's won five Oscars. <laughs> wow. Five Oscars. Yeah. He's yeah. uh probably the most accomplished, most iconic, as Mark even said, um composer, film composer. When, when they get the Oscars Ever. is the what's what's the name of the award that they get? Uh best original score. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it it seems like nowadays, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like more modern movies have what we're, we're going to get into a little bit later, 
it, where it's a soundtrack with a mix of songs by artists. I told you, Tarantino yeah, sure. does that all the time. Yeah, but a score a by a comp- that is created by a composer seems to be something that's a little bit, mm. I don't want to say dated or older because it still is used by people like Christopher Nolan and even Tarantino. Um, it's, it's still used, but it seems, and, and possibly even these older films, some older films that I don't, that don't come to mind for me, they may have had soundtracks that they pulled songs from their con- contemporary time. But it, it, a score and a composer seems to be like a, a, almost like an older thing, right? Yeah. So back in, back in the day, like in the 30s and 40s, they did like a couple awards for that, the Oscars. It was like best like musicals, a score for like a musical. Uh-huh. And then for like a dramatic or whatever, like they did separate awards. So it was so many more like, like um, so many more like traditional musicals back then that that were mm-hmm. that were produced. I think they they gave it a separate category for that reason. Okay, yeah, interesting. So yeah, it was just it's funny. Yeah, you guys ready well, to talk about uh, my guest more on John Williams? Yeah. Well, I was gonna say I think if we're gonna talk, uh, you know, iconic and. Just go ahead composers. and just cue mine up. Go ahead and right. play it. I, I mean, this is this is one. Yeah, you hear it and it immediately elicits a certain feeling. You know. Dude, this, I mean, again, it just makes you think of like two people in, in front of, like on a dirt road, ready to that's draw a gun, down. You that's know? a like, gunfighter song, right? Yeah. So it, it's ah, uh, so again, it's yes. yeah. Well, why, why don't you take over? But it, for, I just want to say real quick, sure. for me, there's like this real chicken in the egg type thing. Like, does that make me think of westerns? Because of the music itself, right? Or because I associate it with the good, bad, and the ugly, you know? That's a very good like, question. I, I'm not quite sure which one it is, but why don't you go ahead and tell everyone who that is? And yeah, so we hinted at this earlier. We kind of dropped his name a few times, but it's Ennio Morricone, and he became famous for his uh, composing and his scores in the spaghetti western era. And what DP just played is from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly by Sergio Leone. And that is that iconic classic gunfighter song that is just that standoff. And like what DP was getting at, do we, you know, what, what do we think of gun or old Westy gunfighter movies because of this song? Or is, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to, right? For me, even but put it words just, it, to it, it right now. I, I hear that song and I picture a fucking tumblebead going by. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> synonymous. Like, I don't yeah, know. yeah. So, and he, I was looking up Ennio Morricone. He's got an insane credits in IMDb. I mean, as a composer, he's credited with over or with five hundred and twenty-four um, accreditations <laughs> as a composer. 
366 soundtracks. Imagine that much music. music. Yeah, right? insane. And he's he's been doing it forever. I mean, what wouldn't it good the bad deal to come out in like the seventies, late sixties? I, think I like feel like 60s, it's yeah. it's a travesty. It took to like what two thousand seventeen or two thousand fifteen. When when did the Hateful Eight come out? That he finally won an Oscar? About sixteen, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe seventeen. It's, cra- it's crazy, right? And he actually did the original score for that. So that's what I was going to get at. Is um, and it kind of plays into what we're getting rolling back into the Tarantino weeks. Um, Tarantino has recycled a lot of Morricone scores. And a lot of them he pulls from movies that Correct. Oh, I, I would venture that you guys haven't seen. I've never seen. They're, I mean, they're out there. I mean, they're, they're, they're the right. real right. spaghetti so, Westerns. Right. So yeah. obviously he's a huge fan. And then he mm-hmm. got him to write, write, compose a score for the his hateful eight is, is all original. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And he so, won an Oscar finally. Mm hmm. Um, but no, he is the epitome of western scores western music that's when i think of like dp was saying you hear that that whistle that song you think of that's just it's it's almost as much as the john williams like that's that's just that's yeah. a gunfighter song that's an old west right there absolutely and it's used timeless you know it's used everywhere just like the jaws you know it's where people make the joke uh, done up Done up, done up, done up, done up. People make the, the joke of like the whistle. You know, that's like a, a standoff. Oh, yeah. Right. It's, when, that's, when it's, that. it's that iconic. Mm-hmm. So he's um, has a massive catalog of music. And he's like, like these composers that we've been talking about tonight. He's not. He's, I mean, he's a brilliant, brilliant composer, brilliant musician not one sided he's we were in clips from some more famous ones that people would recognize but in these different movies he can set a tone that brings you to the emotion that's necessary for that scene uh dp i think you've got another one for me from Ennio. oh yeah this is again this is one that you recognize immediately I love that violin right there. Ah, that's beautiful. Yeah. I think, think, no, that's that's actually, it's an oboe, I think. Oh, it's an oboe? Okay. I I know that just because I was was watching um, a live recording of it. And this is also from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Mm -hmm. This song is called Ecstasy of Gold. And it's at the end of the movie when they actually find the treasure and the, the song with the woman singing, that's just notes. It's not, she's not saying anything. It's just notes, it, but yeah. it's, it's a feeling of just like magic. Like they found the gold. Like I said, this, the name of the song is ecstasy of gold. Like it's mm-hmm. this climax of the movie where they fucking found the treasure. And it's, there's this feeling of like, Oh my fucking God, we're rich. <laughs> so, <laughs> we did it. Yeah, um, so I'm saying like the vision of the filmmaker and the composer have to be so synchronized, you know, mm-hmm. to create something so special like this. You know, so it doesn't become iconic, you know. Um, by some of, you know, it's it's 
Oh no, it's it's incredibly deliberate and it transports you and it drives derives emotion to what the scene is evoking. I mean, it's it's beautifully done when it's done right. And these guys are the masters at what they do. Um, they're not alone. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about our favorites right now. Like we, there's definitely some other guys that are, that are very good in their class as well. But some other movies that I really like Ennio Morricone from um, once upon the time in the West, that's a movie mm. about a person that is wronged as a child and his whole path is seeking vengeance. And the main theme is this harmonica and it's creepy as hell but it's the it's the protagonist that plays this harmonica and it's almost like a bad guy's song but it's it's the person that you're rooting for and it sets all these other characters on edge because he comes up from behind them and he's playing this harmonica and they're like who the hell are you and then you know gunfight blam blam blam, blam. <laughs> it's it, it, eerie but kind of, of like vengeful song another one another movie that I, I think of when i think of any morricone is this movie called the mission with robert de niro and um oh who's the um the bad guy from the third die hard um the german he plays a german character he's also in that movie oh, i'm drawing a blank on his name yeah. right now I, I know who he is i can't think put my it's a very sad it. movie so the, the theme song or or you know the main theme by Ennio is this sad, beautiful, epic song that the story is, the story of the movie, the mission is, is very dark, very sad. And that main theme beautifully just shows that, but it's, it's, it's a weird, it's sad and beautiful at the same time. Um, right. Without playing it, it's kind of hard to describe. But yeah, it's Ennio Morricone. I had a hard time choosing between him and Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer's a little bit more uh, uh, contemporary, I think. You know, he's he's not that Ennio Morricone is not still working, but he's very elderly now. Hans Zimmer still works very much. Um, Christopher Nolan uses him a lot, and um, I I'm, I wanted to go with Ennio because of my love of old Westy movies. And yeah, he did, those, did that in Inception. He did Inception. I know that. Mm-hmm. That's a in, great Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you there. No, no. That. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's that. I I wanted to start with composers while we still have a little bit of our our composure, if you will, before we get into hey, uh, no. the <laughs> until we get into the night and drink a little bit. Because uh, I wanted to give these guys their due. I mean, they're yeah. not not that they go unheard of, but kind of like how AJ you were talking about. A lot of times, they do their job so well that you don't really think about them too much mm. because it's just in the background. I mean, but it's yeah. such it, an it, integral it's creating part of the movie. Feeling, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. not supposed. To, you're not supposed to remember. It. You're just supposed to feel in the moment. Yeah. You don't yeah. right. It's not like yeah. It's not a conscious thing. It's just like it's there, right? It's just there, and 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 if they're doing their job right, you're feeling exactly what the director, the the filmmaker wants you to feel in that moment. Mm-hmm. And these legends, that's what they did. That's what they did. 
Yeah. Yeah. At and they, every turn. So. They seem to be, I mean, uh, on, on one hand, they almost seem to be okay being behind the scenes, right? They're not putting their name out there. Their work is just magnificent. Magnificent. It, it's just yeah. there for the ear pleasure. <laughs> and it brings yeah. you to the mind space that you need to be in. And they do it so well. Um, I, I want like to talk about these guys first. I know it's such a cool um, niche, so to speak, right? For, mm-hmm. for, for a songwriter um, to compose these sorts of um, 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 uh, tracks for, for a film. Like, it's just unbelievable to me that, um, I don't know, to, to be able to do this consistently amazing throughout, like, such a long career for these guys. Yeah. Like, and, you know what's, and for these amazing filmmakers to want to like Sergio Leone and Hitchcock, you know, and George yeah. Lucas and, and Spielberg, yeah, Spielberg to like, yeah, and Spielberg to want to like grab these guys at every chance they get. That's how oh, yeah. good they are. Yeah. That's how good they are. You know, it's, it's fun too. Um, if you guys have a few minutes, just look up yeah. some of these songs on YouTube where they actually have the live performance with mm. a full, a full orchestra. Yeah, it's 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 fun to watch like a, a, a an entire orchestra perform these songs like they were originally done, like they would have originally been recorded. Right. It's, wow. They were really recorded. Yeah. When I was watching Psycho today, I was imagining like the orchestra playing these these songs like I feel like, yeah. yeah, the violins, the oboes, the because there's a lot of string in, in, in Herman's score for Psycho. And I'm like, uh, I can imagine them sitting in. It, you know, in this gigantic, you know, room. I don't know what where the acoustic with this amazing acoustics, and they're so like an auditorium. And these, yeah, these are right. what goes and into a full playing. orchestra, like fifty people or something. Like right, it's, like you got to pull a lot of people together playing. Like, and he's conducting them. He's yeah. con- over there conducting them. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah. I just was picturing that in my head as I'm watching Psycho today, and wow, it's just it's. um it's mind blowing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful craft. It's, it's like an old school craft at that too. Right. I mean, these, these are composers that um, they, they write this music, they, they conduct it, not unlike the Mozart or Beethoven or, you know, Chopin would have done. It's, it's a massive scale with bringing a lot of people together. Yeah. All can these I, different parts. I just did a, just Googled it real quick. A mm-hmm. modern full-scale symphony orchestra consists of approximately 100 musicians. So damn, but a hundred fucking people in there playing this. So damn, about <laughs> twice what I said. Shit. Yeah. 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 What do I know? For all them to be in sync, for the conductor to keep them. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean, and also to write. To, to compose all that like just wow. yeah, how do you how do you wow. how do you wow. write that originally in your head you've got this idea that you're like all right i'm gonna have yeah. your strings your brass your percussions like you know yeah. out of, I, I don't i have no idea right i what yeah goes my, into my brain planning process that way yeah right i but, can't even fathom it right the, no. the fact that you know they can like john williams can watch a watch star wars and see darth vader walking 
and then his head got dun 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 dun. Like the fact that that was in his head is so good. Like uh, my brain doesn't work that way. That's no. so fucking impressive. And also, yeah, knowing like, all right, I'm gonna have uh, 15 trombones right here. It's gonna be followed by uh, right. two pianos and 30 right. violins and. Yeah, and we just yeah. need one guy on a big drum smashing it every time. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> oh, you guys like want to uh, move how that's... the soundtracks next? <laughs> yeah, let, let's move on to soundtracks. I, I, oh, that's right. You guys don't know what mine is. All right, let's move into the soundtracks then. Um, we'll stick with the same cycle of going with the acting CEO. Mr. Mm-hmm. Andrew Sherry. That's me. What did, yes, sir. What did you pick for your favorite soundtrack in a movie? All right. So I'm nothing if not long winded. So um, <laughs> that's why we have a podcast, baby. <laughs> so I'm preface this as I often do um, by dating myself. <laughs> so I picked this particular soundtrack because my formative years, which were the early to mid nineties where I was graduating from high school in 1992, by the way, everyone, um, you're old. And so in my, you know, late teens to early twenties, um, the grunge grunge music was, a was a huge thing in the early nineties. The Seattle scene right. was kind of coming on with bands like Nirvana and Soundgarden and, um, Allison Chains and Pearl Jam, and that that whole scene was blowing up. And Cameron Crowe cre- uh, made a film, directed a film called Singles in 1992. And uh, Cameron Crowe used to, I think, write for Rolling Stone. Uh, he's a big yeah. music guy, so okay. you know, you've seen Almost Famous. He's just a big mu- music guy. So he created singles, which, by the way, I can't even remember what singles is about, because you know what? I don't care about the film. I just love the soundtrack to singles because it had all those bands on it Mm -hmm. that I absolutely loved in the early 90s that me and my buddies listened to driving to Hampton Beach in New Hampshire, like (laughs) always listening to to these albums. Um, I've been to multiple Pearl Jam shows, I, I have to say with my brother to my left on the screen here, to my <laughs> whatever. So I've been to tons of those concerts, but I, I just, it spoke to me. And um, this particular soundtrack top to bottom was one that I could just always listen to. And by the way, because I was uh, such a Pearl Jam fan, there's a couple songs on this album by Pearl Jam that weren't on their studio album so it was even more it was i was more inspired to purchase this album (laughs) so that i could have those songs somewhere i did always buy like pearl jam singles with the b-side so that i could get like some song that wasn't on their studio album so i was that obsessed and so two songs on here are done are done by pearl jam and uh, one of them, I think DP will play at some point called Breath. And that was a B, also a B-side. I can't remember what uh, single, whether it was Daughter or, or whatever. It was on a B-side. And uh, uh, it's on this soundtrack. And you I hear l- it? 
Yeah, I love this song so much. I want to hear it. Yeah, the song. Uh, ah, this is such a good one. Oh, dude, dude such I, a good song. I yeah. love me some Pearl Jam. I've never heard that one. Oh, yeah. Because it was. One. Yeah. And by the way, AJ, big props for, for asking me to pull this one. Because it was, like you said, two Pearl Jam songs on there. The other yeah. one is State of Love and Trust, which is yeah, a, a good big song. hit. Everybody loves State of Love and Trust. And everyone forgets about Breath. So. Big ups for yeah, picking that one. This is such a fucking great song. Hell of a tune. It never lets up on you. It's just a really mm-hmm. great song. And um, I'll tell you, I know Matt Dillon and Winona Ryder and some other motherfuckers were in this film. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. It was all about the soundtrack with this. Um, Allison Chains is on here with Wood. Dude, that's a great, yeah, that's a really terrific great, song. I love these bands. Yeah, so th- that wasn't one of the ones that I picked. I picked another song. Uh, there was it's actually a Jimi Hendrix song, May This Be Love on there, which is not in the same, um, you know, decade or whatever, but still, um, sure. it's just a really, really great. But he's another Seattle dude, too. Hendrix. Right, right, right. right. Was so, yeah. right so there's a lot of Seattle connections to this, to this. I think the film might take place in Seattle. Am I right or wrong there? I anyway, believe it does. Yeah. There's a Mud Honey song. These are all Screaming Trees, another Seattle band that's. Um, yes. the, the second track I p- picked called Nearly Lost You, ah, which great. is a really, really, great. really cool song. Um, second to last track on the soundtrack. Um, and then there's some Smashing Pumpkins. But if you want to pop Dude, in that screaming, that's tree, a great lineup for yeah, oh, yeah. yeah you, you weren't yeah. kidding. I can yeah. see why you picked this fucking soundtrack. Right. That's an incredible yeah. Yeah, Mother, yeah. Mother Love Bone, which was like uh, um which was a mishmash of like Pearl Jam and I think uh, Soundgarden. Yes. The dudes oh. from Soundgarden and Pearl Jam were in that yeah. band. And then wow. Sound, Soundgarden has a song on here too. Mm-hmm. But this second song I picked, I was going to pick the Mother Love Bone song because it's wicked cool. But I picked um, Nearly Lost You by Screaming Trees. Who, By the way, I feel like Screaming Trees kind of got lost in the shuffle of that Seattle. Dude. They're a really, really cool band. I don't know if I know yeah. them. I, I yeah, bet you'll that, recognize this song. I'll give it to you. I bet you know it. I nearly, I nearly lost you Ah, it's got that 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 Seattle yeah, it's just sound got that, to got it. That yeah, gritty, gritty, so gritty. I don't, I don't recognize it, but yeah, wow. that I could place the era mm-hmm. in the location right. because of the sound. That's yeah, because right. it's got that <laughs> it's got that grimy grunge sound. Yeah, um, obviously, uh, Nirvana's not on this album, but I, I didn't think they would be when. <laughs> When I went about, like, they're just not, they weren't that kind of band that yeah. went to collaborate <laughs> and be involved in other things. They would yeah, just, Kurt, Kurt Cobain was kind of a dick, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but it has all the, 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 you know, the major players from the Seattle scene. Um, 
you know, writing original songs too for this album. I just, I yeah. loved it. That's cool. Well, Jerry Cantrell wrote uh, Wood for, what's, did he, I don't know if he wrote it for the soundtrack and it ended up on Dirt or if he wrote it for Dirt. I think he wrote it for the soundtrack and then it yeah. ended up on that album. Yeah. Um, but Wood, Wood is a, such an amazing song by Allison Chains. Mm. Um, Allison Chains, I mean, besides maybe Nirvana, might have been the most talented band out of that area. There was so, them and Sound, I don't know, Soundgarden was fucking yeah. talented. No, I, I, I think you're right. I'd give it Allison Chains were fucking incredible. Absolutely. They, yeah, they were so good. It's so and kind of weirdly kind of underrated, you know, at least compared to Pearl Jam and Nirvana. I think so. Yeah. I think they were a little darker. That's why, you know, they were they were pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, they the, were fantastic. The, their tone was really dark. Um, I recently got Jar of Flies on vinyl, which is freaking unbelievable. The, it's just anything else and changes early else and changes. I loved, yeah. I loved but I, I, anyway. That's the soundtrack I picked, not because I like the movie, not for any reason about the movie, <laughs> but because I love early to mid 90s Seattle scene grunge rock. That was really yeah. my thing. Mm-hmm. That's, and, and my that's brother, a fantastic pick, thing. yeah. So, yeah. you know, I. I don't I don't know that movie you're talking about, but all these bands you're naming off. I mean, it's a little bit it's it's a little bit. uh, The the reason I know a lot of this music is because my brother, my older brother is six years older than me. So I grew up on these bands because he was playing them, you know. Right. um, But no, that's that's awesome, man. I'm glad you picked it. It's a killer. And I feel like. Yeah, I feel like the '90s had great soundtracks mm, yeah. for me, and I was growing up during it. So, but I feel like there was some great sure. soundtracks in the '90s, and this is this is one of them. This is one of the great ones from the '90s. Yeah, so. for sure. So, yeah, this was this was one I thought about picking. Like I, you know, I started yeah. thinking about soundtracks. This was one that popped in my head right away. Um, yeah, we're cut from a similar cloth. Like we've listened to all that same music. We, we you know, we went to similar concerts in that time together. Yeah, um, yeah. Another one I was thinking of too, which didn't I didn't end up going with is the uh, the Judgment Night soundtrack. Do you remember the Judgment Night soundtrack? It was. It, it might be responsible for like Limp Biscuit at the end of the day because it was a bunch of rock bands that they paired with rap groups. And they fucking oh, collaborated. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it was like Helmet and House of Pain going together. Uh Cypress Hill and Sonic Youth did a I song together. Okay. Yeah. Faith No More and Booyah Tribe did one together, which is fucking awesome. So super fucking cool soundtrack. I yeah. I, I loved that one. I loved I loved singles, but the more I thought about it, there, there was only one soundtrack I could go with. And it was, and again, the movie, not so good. I mean, I, 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 st- I watch the movie all the time because the music plays a big role in right. it. But the, the movie itself is not that great, but the soundtrack is an absolute masterpiece. I never meant to call. Ah. I never meant to call you in pain. 
This is, this is, but I just want to say this out loud. Purple Rain is one of my favorite songs ever. Dude, it's, it's ever. such a great, amazing, amazing song. Purple Rain, Purple Rain. Ah, so good. And like I said, the, the movie's not that great. I mean. Oh, the movie's it, She's Forever. Yeah. She's Ball movie, right? I'll tell you, Marky, when we were in um, Charlotte uh, to see you get married, uh-huh. We were we had gone to your parents' place for that whole get together. Yeah. We came back. Purple we, Purple Rain was on the TV. Oh, that's all, right. Yes, all we're, like, we're all drinking late. <laughs> yeah, we we're up playing cards, drinking. Purple Rain was on the TV. One of the channels. Someone popped it on. It was just in the background. <laughs> I was like, Purple Rain, baby. It's what not a good is the movie? I don't Purple know. If I, knew I, I don't think I knew it was a movie. Yeah, oh yeah, movie. Prince person it and everything. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it, it goes to show how good the album is. Most people don't yeah. even realize it's a soundtrack. They just think it's a Prince so, album. Per- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so our Purple Prince Rain. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. That came from the movie. Mm-hmm. The movie's been forgotten. The album yeah. lives on. Could never. Exactly. I have that forever. I, I, that was the first vinyl I ever I ever bought was Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I remember it too. Yeah, like in the purple outfit sitting on the motorcycle on the cover. Yep. I got dope. it. Yeah. <laughs> What's the movie about? Uh, it's kind of the story of Prince. It's he's uh, you know a young musician trying to make it in the music world and okay. uh, how his he came from an abusive father and you know. And Moore's Day and the Time are in it, which is fucking great. <laughs> yeah. To, to quote, quote Jay from uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, that shit is the mad note, son. <laughs> <laughs> Jungle love. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Prince, this. Prince doesn't play himself in the movie, though, does he? He does. Uh, well, he plays, it's a his character is the kid. But yeah, no, he basically bad. plays himself. It, yeah. Interesting. And that the song Purple Rain is just just timeless, timeless, timeless song. And it just it front to back. That song's so amazing. I love it. Mm -hmm. And and it's not the only great song on that album. Oh, no, it's not the only great song. That album's got When Doves Fly. It's got Let's Go Crazy. Yeah, my 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 second favorite song on it. Darling Nikki. Cut the next morning. Nikki wasn't there. I looked all over. All I found was the phone number on the stairs. It says, Thank you for a funky time. Come here whenever you want to grind. Ah, that's, that's a fun a song. I don't know that tune. one. Oh, it's oh getting, you don't know Darling Nikki? I don't, I don't it's think it's so. Hey guys, it's getting steamy here on the right. I'll, I'll be honest, my my knowledge of Prince doesn't go very deep. It doesn't go much past Purple Rain. Ah, oh, oh, you got to dig in. Prince is one of the greatest musicians of all time. Yeah. He, he is so good. He's so yeah underrated. I mean, I, I think he's not quite underrated anymore. There's a time he was. Yeah. I think people have finally terri- recognized him. But such he's a terrific so good. Song, songwriter too. Like oh just, god, yeah. 
I have yeah. seen them like uh, I, I frequent uh, the Reddit social media and like somebody's posted this video before where mm-hmm. it was Prince and what was he playing? He was I think he was playing some Hendrix. And no, like, it was, I I know exactly what you're talking about. It was uh, while my guitar gently weeps. Yeah, at like the I think it was like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, or yeah. Something. It was some sort of ceremony or like a yeah. war show. I've heard God, a lot about this, but I have that guy rip. Yeah, it was he's him, and he was out there with like Tom Petty, uh, like right. George Harrison's son, uh, you know, uh, a couple other big. I think Steve Winwood, maybe. Yeah, and, like all these amazing musicians, and fucking Prince walked out there and made everyone else look foolish. Just I ripped it to shreds on the guitar. Yeah, and then you know just finished and just throws his guitar up in the air and walks off stage. It's you can see fucking, the other guys looking oh. at him when he's playing. They're like, yeah. All right, even so Tom Petty don't, like, God damn. It was a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I believe so. Something, Something like, like that. that. Yeah, some sort and, of ceremony oh, or war show. I've heard of this, but I've not seen it. Oh yeah, definitely he's, check it out. You can see the look on the other guy's face when when. Prince spins up on the guitar. The other guys are like, "What in God's Whoa. name?" They're like, yeah. "Why did I pick up this to like take, to take God a Beatles it. song and just and to well, oh yeah, yeah. And, and he destroys it. He's so fucking impressive. But yeah, I I love Prince. He's one of my all time favorite musicians. So and like I said, Purple Rain, weirdly a big part of that. Like I saw that when I was a kid. Your yeah. mother in law was a fan of that movie. So like, I remember I was like nine or 10 years old when I first saw it. Cause she was watching it and I was like, wow, this guy's fucking cool. And <laughs> I was in love with Prince ever since then. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm, so glad, I'm so glad you picked that. That's, I mean, because the album itself is, is icon- it's like an iconic, one of the greatest albums ever. Yeah. And it's, sure. it's a movie soundtrack. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> all produced and written, all written and produced by Prince. Mm-hmm. Well, I, something yeah. I learned tonight. I didn't know that uh, Purple Rain came from a movie. Yeah, that's there interesting. You go. <laughs> but yeah, the, again, like singles, not the greatest movie. No, yeah, not a good fucking movie. awesome, awesome music. Good choice, good choice, fellas. Um, Excellent choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank Love you. That. I, I enjoyed hearing. Uh, all those tracks. Thank you for choosing them. Definitely. If, I, I like that we're listening to music. On the I know, me too. I do too, right? That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not, I'm barely qualified enough to talk about movies. I feel like I'm definitely not qualified enough to talk about music. I mean, I just admitted that I know next to nothing about Prince for shit's sake. <laughs> um, well, t- tell us what soundtrack you picked anyway. Yeah. Like we yeah. Hey, we so, should want to hear it, Marky. All right, all right, all right. Don't, <laughs> don't bail on us yet. Yeah. Good night, everybody. <laughs> now the so for my pick, I feel like I'm beating a, a you know a bit of a dead horse here um, because I've talked about this movie quite a bit. I've chosen it for different things like Bunker and nominated it for I forget some other awards that we've had before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the soundtrack in this movie. Because in my limited scope of music, it is one of my favorite musicians that uh, is predominantly in the movie. In these songs, and that's David Bowie that is played through and throughout. On top of it being David Bowie, there's 
portions of the movie where a character in the film who actually happens to be a musician himself does David Bowie covers. The musician's name is Sue George. He's from Brazil. So he's doing these David Bowie songs in Portuguese and he's covering it on an acoustic guitar and singing Bowie songs in Portuguese. And it's, it's a, it's, He's got a great voice. It's wonderful to hear. I actually got to uh, see Sue George in Charlotte. He oh. came in uh, because of after this movie, uh, the movie, I'll go ahead and say, the, the movie is Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, starring Bill Murray, done by Wes Anderson. Very kooky movie. But after Sue George was in this movie, he, he was already a musician. He'd dabbled in acting. He was in... Um, uh, was it City of God? I believe is like a, a, a Brazilian film. It's yeah, fucking it, excellent. It, it's a terrific film. Yeah, it's awesome. So he's been in a handful of things, um, but Wes Anderson uh, chose him to be in this movie, and also thankfully chose him to do part of the soundtrack. And he, his character does these songs in the movie because of the way the movie's done. It's this weird Jacques Cousteau kind of thing that they're filming these uh, seafaring adventures that they go on. And the character that Sue George does is this guy that's in the, re- the recording booth that overlays his soundtrack to the movie that they're making within the movie. Hmm. Um, but Sue George picked up some, some traction because of these David Bowie songs. So he started touring with this soundtrack from this movie, this, these David Bowie covers. I got to see him live, do his thing. It was fucking awesome. I felt kind of bad because I could hear people next to me saying out loud, like, who is this guy? What, what are we listening to? It sounds kind of like something I've heard before. And I just want to shake him and be like, God damn it. It's Bowie. This is Sue George. What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> but in any case, on top of the Bowie songs and the Bowie cover songs in Portuguese, which is just wonderful. Uh, Mark Mothersbaugh is credited as the, uh, I, I guess, composer or soundtrack for this movie. Mark Mothersbaugh comes from the band Devo, which is like a 90s or 80s, like weird electronic band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, he's I, we, still, what's that, AJ? We know them well. Yeah. Devo? Yeah. yeah hell yeah. Whip so it. Mark, Whip it good. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's Devo. Yeah. Mark Mothersbaugh is very active in the uh, TV and film industry right now. Like he's, he, he does a lot of soundtracks and um, is credited with, um, I, I don't know if it'd be composing. I guess soundtrack is what he gets credited as. He's very active in the film and TV world right now. So he's got his, some of his original ones, Mark Mothersbaugh, and you know Devo. It's very, this weird electronic kind of poppy shit. And the movie, like I said, is this fantastical seafaring Jacques Cousteau, whimsical. It just plays together so well. Um, there's like a, like a 70s vibe just to the movie as a whole. So there's some Iggy Pop. There's, uh, there's a song by the Zombies. Um, there's a song from this person, uh, I think her name's Joan, Joan Boaz, Joan Bowes. Um, I, I love the soundtrack through and through it's like I was saying earlier, I, I'm not the most 
I can't, I can't speak to music in depth very well, but something that always pulls for me is that seventies kind of under the radar shit. I don't know what it is. This is things that I've just gotten whiffs of before that people don't really know what they are. Those are the things that I live off of when it comes to music. One of my favorite musicians right now, side tangent, is this guy named William Anyabor. He's a Nigerian funk artist that was uh, popular in the 70s. I've been listening to a lot of his stuff right now. So anyways, DP, what do you got for me for some of this uh, Life Aquatic? Soundtrack? All right, well, uh, hey, you want to hear a little of uh, Sue George doing mm. David mm-hmm. Bowie? This, I, again, I, I had never heard this stuff until last night when I started looking into it to pull these. And uh-huh. I, I, I dig this. I, I like this one a lot. again like i I too i love bowie and Mm -hmm. to hear some like again i don't know exactly what he's saying but i know what he's saying because i know the song right but that's life on mars yeah Yeah. fucking i I believe so right isn't that life on mars yeah well uh starman i think is the name of the song that's right so that's there's two different songs starman um Uh, Heidi, your sister actually got me the Sue George uh, Bowie cover uh, CD for Christmas one year. And it's the, mm-hmm. the, I think it's the only CD I own. And it's been in my truck ever since she got it for me. I love it. I, I highly recommend uh, looking up Sue George. His name is spelled S E U J O R G E. And he does these Bowie covers. Um, it's it's just the acoustic guitar and his gravelly Portuguese voice, but they are very enjoyable, in my opinion. Maybe they're not for everybody. I think they're great. Um, like I said, the, the rest of the soundtrack to the movie is uh, Mark Mothersbaugh's fun, weird, electronic, poppy shit. Mm, so like, You mean like this one? <laughs> Yes. That's just fun, right? Yeah, keep it going. <laughs> yeah. That one's called a uh, lightning strike rescue. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that's <laughs> that shit's just fun, man. so you guys your guys uh uh your soundtracks that you've picked um i'll hand it to you you've got like a a stronger bass but this soundtrack in this movie i love wes anderson i think he's always got like great picks they're always obscure and Mm -hmm. this one 
this movie, this soundtrack lands on me for on all levels. I can listen to this soundtrack all the way through. Um, every song is fitting. Like I said, again, you know, that era of like the, uh, the Iggy pop, the zombies um, and some of that old Bowie stuff. I love that shit. So mm-hmm. it just, it, it fits for me. And even the yeah. weird um, uh, Mark Mothersbaugh songs that he made for this movie are very fun. So thank you for putting those together, DP. I enjoyed yeah. that very much. I might have to go watch this that movie after this. I, I think I'm going to have to finally actually watch that movie. I've, I've still yeah. never seen it. So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, and again, I... The more I, when I talk about stuff like this and like that, like I don't want to overplay it because I, there is part of me that I, I know that there's movies that aren't for everybody. And I don't want to just keep harping on it because there, I'm sure there's people that are like, all right, I fuck enough already. Like we know what it is. Like it's not for us. That movie, it, it hits on all levels for me as far as like this comical, weird, adventurous, deadpan humor that's it's colorful it's it's trippy like hallucinogenic at times um Mm -hmm. it's it's got a great cast fun soundtrack emotional it's i love it all the way through very nice yes aj so it's funny for the soundtracks dp and i pick movies that are not good movies we don't even like You picked a soundtrack for a film that you absolutely love, and but the soundtrack, like, um, you felt the soundtrack too, like, so you love that movie on every level. Like, that's how much you love that movie is that you love everything about it, including the soundtrack. So I just think you're right. I I love, I love that. I love that we picked. For me, it was an era. Like it was this early '90s grunge thing, and I just loved it. And I wanted to just any soundtrack I could get my hands on when I was in my early 20s that was that had like additional like rec- you know written songs by some of these bands. I wanted to hear it. I didn't care what the film was. I just wanted to hear it. Yeah. I just love that you pick something that so like encapsulates you know not only a film you love but like a film you love in its entirety, which included everything about the film, which yeah. I love. I thought that was great. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I, that's a good way of putting it, putting it. And I, I appreciate that. You know, it's, I feel like um, part of the, what the, the movie and the soundtrack to me is, I think like how I imagine myself or how I want to be to a degree as far as like going on these weird adventures and exploring and doing these fun things with like a a group of friends and having a good time. And, you know, it's, it's always like a little bit dangerous, but they always get away. You know, it's, it's, uh, and it's just like a, like with the Mark Mothersbaugh stuff. And it has like this upbeat kind of tronic pop in the background (laughs) and David Bowie playing some awesome shit. And, uh, it inter- this movie introduced me to Sue George, who I fucking now love. I- I'm always playing Sue feel George. Like you, almost feel like you want that to be your soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I could. I, I would. I would be all right with that soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I love that. I love that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and great choices by you fellas. Those are really good. You know, like I said, um, I'm no stranger to that, uh, uh, grunge music, AJ and, um, purple rains about as far as I know on Prince, but I'll, I'll get into more of that DP. Yeah. Not, uh, and, not uh, posting some more prints. Also, I just, I just want to let all the listeners know, uh, Tim did text me and he wanted everyone to know that if he got to pick a soundtrack, he would have gone with, um, the soundtrack for Hannah Montana, the movie. So mm, mm-hmm. just, uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. everyone was curious what Tim would have picked. It, it was definitely Hannah Montana. So gotcha. <laughs> I was thinking it was either that or yeah, I'm not, I'm not quick enough on my feet. I, wish I, I would have, I would have written something down beforehand. You just edit I think that the part Jonas out. brothers had a movie. We could go there with that. Go. <laughs> I'll edit it in. Come up with a joke later. <laughs> Let me know. All right. Soundtrack to agent Cody Banks. Am I- <laughs> that works. Nice AJ. Nice. All right, so we are going to go into the last leg of our topic tonight, which is our favorite song from mm. a movie. And, and remind Marky, right? The song does not have to have anything to do with the soundtrack or the score that we talked that's about. That's correct. Right. Completely independent, yeah. right? That's, that's correct. I guess if you wanted to be bland, you could have picked uh, a composer – a soundtrack from him and then a you song from you him and then just talk about him all night. Just, yeah, 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 I guess you could have, right? You could have yeah, just but done, we're like, we're above that. Yeah, we're above we, that. Maybe we like to maybe, mix it up for the people. Yeah, we want you know, variety. Variety, people. You know what it, it probably really is? Is we just like to hear ourselves talk. So we wanted That's, to pick yeah, it's more exactly what it is that we can talk about. <laughs> so we all pick something different. We all we all went with three different ones, and I'm gonna go first with mine because it's a dark, murderous tone. You guys know me. I like zombies. I like violence. I like. I'm speaking in films here, not in real life. I mean, I've never encountered a zombie and haven't had to commit yet. real violence yet. Um, yet. Yeah, <laughs> yet. The zombie apocalypse hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Speaking of zombie apocalypse, this is from the movie 28 Days Later. And my favorite song in a movie, because this this song just gets under my skin, makes me feel a certain way, gives me chills every time I hear it. I know DP's got it queued up. It's the mm-hmm. main theme song from 28 Days Later. DP, go ahead and play mine, and then I want to talk a little bit about it after. So that's the, the the song itself is is uh, I think like four minutes, and this 
it has a beginning, middle, and end. Is the it portion just that we heard, heard. What's that, AJ? It's just instrumental. Mm-hmm. It is just okay. Intr- instrumental. Okay. okay. Um, there's there's a slow build up that we skipped. Um, the portion that DP played is the climax, if you will, of the yeah. song, and then it tapers yeah. off with this peaceful, like piano melody at the end of it. Okay. And if anyone has seen 28 Days Later or even 28 Weeks Later, uh, they're in that song was in both movies. It it plays into the scene so well. And in the first film, it's played at the end of the movie when the character that Killian Murphy is playing, he gets uh, taken out of this house to be executed and he escapes and he makes his way back into the house. The name of that song is called In the House in a Heartbeat by John Murphy. And in that final scene, he breaks back into the house and starts killing all these soldiers with his bare hands. And that song is playing in the background. So it's just like brutal, murderous, hand-to-hand. Like he's in the shadows. He's sneaking around. These guys have guns. And he's taking them out, um, being more cunning and crazy and psycho than they are implementing zombies against them and then in 28 weeks later this song is used at the intro of the movie when everything is seemingly happy it's like people are uh, living and then zombies break into the house and chaos abrupts and they're all running for their lives it's it's used so well. Like I'm getting chills right now thinking about each of those scenes in those movies. And every time I hear it, it just makes me think of like a fight or flight response. Really, I mean, it's mm. it's um it it is instrumental. Like AJ asked, <clears throat> there's no words, and it it elicits almost like a emotional response in a way of uh, fight or flight. Like I said, I mean, it's 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 it is a dark song but at the very end of it the tail end of the song it quickly tapers off into this piano happy melody like things are going to be okay yes it, AJ. It, it, go ahead sorry aj no it's okay um not that it's unusual for a song with just instrumental to be on a soundtrack but is this on the soundtrack the official the original soundtrack for 28 days later oh okay interesting okay yeah yeah, this is sometimes this when is, it's just instrumental. I think sometimes is that part of the score, or is that like a separate track that was played and put on the soundtrack? Like, or could it be both? Like, could it be an I element maybe, of the score? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess maybe so, both in this situation. So I'm, learn, I'm learning, um, today, you know, like when mm-hmm. it comes to score versus, you know, soundtrack or tracks on on the film. So it's just an interesting. Uh, approach to filmmaking and i'm not i'm not positive but i'm pretty sure that that song by john murphy is was created for 28 days later yeah um it's you know it's so it is part of the soundtrack but it was uh composed for the movie so in a way it's it's a theme song but it's only used at the end and then at the beginning of 28 weeks later. Well, remind remind me because I haven't seen 28 days later in a little in, in some uh-huh. time. Is there 
an original score to 28 Days Later as well? Um, give me a sec to look film. that up because I don't know off the top of my head. Um, just just there, out of there curious. Is, well, there, there's, there's um, the movie has a soundtrack with other songs that are popped in there. It's, you know, it's done by Danny Boyle. Right, but is so, there there a score as well like is there like is the movie scored i guess is the best way to ask let me see here without taking up too much dead air time yeah no no, no, uh, no that's, I'm, yeah, I'm the just, composer is john murphy so oh wow okay yeah. is he the composer for the whole film like for the score of the film yes yes, the entire yes, yes. film oh okay okay so but I could they put John that Murphy track. as a composer, but yeah, this soundtrack right, for this song by John Murphy. But they put that track on the soundtrack as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's an individual That's song. It's, it's like four minutes long. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and like I said, the, the uh, what that, I love about it. That's not unique. I'm sure they they I've seen that before. Instrumental tracks on soundtracks. Yeah. I've seen that before. You know. Yeah. And I'm sure, like the Imperial March or whatever you can find that track somewhere. You know what I mean? Like those things, even though they're part of the, the score or they're, they're composed by the same person that did the score. It's still, you know, it's still so considered maybe my, a separate track. Yeah. Right. Maybe my pick is a little bit unorthodox then. No, no. I think awesome. it still, it still fits. Yeah, no, it's um, awesome. And like I said, what yes, I love it does, about it, it, though, is- it, it, it holds up as a song. Yes. Yes. Like the song right. itself, it does like the song takes you on a fucking journey. Absolutely. Like, I mean, like I said, there's no so, lyrics, but you feel the flow yeah. of that song and it kind of mm-hmm. brings you up and back down. It's yeah, it, it holds up as a individual song for sure. It has the so, long build up to it. Can you yeah. do me a favor, DP? Mm. Fire that back up again. Sure thing. Yeah. I'd love to hear. I love this. I just want to like identify like what some of the instruments that are playing are like there's a lot going on with this it's a very eerie song fuzzy too. guitar too yeah i'm right. wondering is, is it like a, is it like a rock and roll band playing it or is it an orchestra playing it it's i think it's very probably a Smaller band. It's, I don't think yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, but yeah. There's there's somebody going there's somebody going ham on the drums in that song yes, for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Like it's a dark like, song. Like a classic drum set too. Like they're oh, playing yeah. drums. Yeah. They're not yeah, like they're, banging a big drum. They're playing the drums. No, somebody is yeah, somebody's on a drum set going fucking ham they're on, on that a drum thing. set, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's, but yeah, it's that's that's a good time. Very, like, so I I listened to a lot of it last night when I was trying to Mm -hmm. figure out like which portion I wanted to kind of clip to play on the show. And it's a fucking good song. It's yeah. I I enjoyed it. Not only, not only is it a good song, like good songs don't need lyrics. Like they don't necessarily need lyrics to convey. No. So evoke emotion or whatever. Yeah. The, the song itself has this, like we've touched on it's, it's got a buildup and it tells a story of itself where it's, it's, it has a, a slow build and then a climax crescendo. The, but the song is also played at the climax of the movie. So, you know, Danny Boyle's a master. And yes. this choice of a song in this portion of the film is such a payoff. And this character that's been, and Murphy, that's been uh, kind of along for the ride the whole movie, 
ends up going uh, essentially a jet and then coming back in the house and taking care of business. And like this song playing over it is, is awesome. It's, it's dark and it's murderous, but it's beautifully done. So it's funny that you mentioned Danny Boyle. Obviously, he's the director of 28 Days Later. He's a great, mm. great filmmaker. One of my favorites. I was gonna, I was gonna take that boring route and just do like soundtrack and song for a Slumdog Millionaire, which is another Danny Boyle um, yeah. film, which it won an Oscar for best original song and best original score, which is the composer and the songwriter, same guy. Um, I forget his name. I'd have to look it up, but Jai Ho was the original song that won uh, the Oscar and the score for uh, uh, Slumdog Millionaire won an Oscar as well, I believe. Okay. And um, Danny Boyle is a, is a brilliant filmmaker and he does understand the role of music and score um, in film. And, and I'll tell you, Slumdog Millionaire is a really emotional film. Um, I loved it. Yeah. I'm a big and I love the range Danny Boyle has. Like he can make a zombie film and then he can make this, uh, this, this film. Huge range. A, yeah. The film. And then 127 hours. Um, and then sunshine. Yeah. It's sunshine. Like totally just, sci-fi futuristic. Yeah, movie. He does so many different Dude, things. The, the soundtrack for train spotting is one. I consider to make him my favorite soundtrack. Mm. That soundtrack right. is fucking amazing. So Danny, that Boyle, a good choice. Uh, Danny Boyle understands the role of music score soundtrack uh, musical tracks in his film and he uses it to amazing effect mm-hmm. and he is now, a pretty interesting filmmaker like i don't know people I don't, I don't know why i feel like people consider him divisive but like he's a really good filmmaker i like him a lot that was great and, and now also, i've got the slum, the, slum the also song from yeah, Slumdog also won Best Picture, and people say, "Oh, it was a weak year for Best Picture." Blah blah blah. That's why it won. But you know what, Danny Boyle? Strong is, movie. I love Slumdog. It's one of my favorites, and I think he just knows how to use music, and yeah. he knew how to use it. Twenty eight days later, to ratchet up like the tension and, like you said, the murderous intent and the darkness, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that track is is sort of a really indicative of of uh, the tone of that film yeah so speaking of that you know that song that i chose for my favorite my favorite song in a movie it is my favorite song in a movie i i've got a lot i could have chosen from right i but that's one of the first ones that i thought of that being said that's not a song that I want to be playing in my car or to hear from day to day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. That's that's a very dark song. It's it's not right. a. It's almost like a, a film specific song. song, right? Like it's a film yeah. specific song. Like it's great for Twenty Eight Days Later, and yes, it's perfect for it. it's perfect for it. it. It's perfect. the The payoff in the film to me is yeah, like I, I preface my choice. I love zombies. Uh, that genre I, I love the idea of we somebody getting his his revenge in this brutalistic violence so that to me that song is uh, it just pairs perfectly it's not a song i'm going to be playing on my morning commute well we're looking at like an expert filmmaker that knows how to insert music into his films like mm-hmm. and that's perfect example of it mm-hmm. yeah 
So all right. All right, boys. Thanks for entertaining me on that. Oh, Who wants to go next? Awesome. I'll jump in. I'll jump in. So in keeping with the th- current themes as we started the soundtrack talk, right? Mm-hmm. I picked another well, actually, I actually like this film, but I didn't pick the song because of its placement in the film or anything like that. I picked it because it was another song in that era in the early to mid nineties on a soundtrack, by the way, which I was debating choosing as the soundtrack because that soundtrack, which I'm going to tell you about is amazing. And Marky, when I list off that soundtrack, you're going to be like, Whoa, it may be even better than singles. I don't know, (laughs) but it's so good. The artists on that, on the soundtrack. So the song I picked um, was from the 1994 movie The Crow, directed by Alex Proyas, who did Dark City, which, by the way, is one of my favorite sci-fi films of all time. Uh, it's a comic book adaptation starring Brandon Lee, who infamously uh, um, um, died during the filming. Anyway, I want to talk about that. Sad. Um, the son of Bruce Lee. That's right, right, TP? Right. Mm, yeah, yes, son of Bruce Lee. Right. But um, the song I'm picking is from that soundtrack, The Crow. It's called Big Empty by Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, the song, the, the film released in 1994, the song was written for the soundtrack, but also then was subsequently released on their second album titled Purple and was the first single released off of that album. That's how good they realized the song was. Um, other, um, just by the way, other bands of note on this album, The Cure, Nine Inch Nails, Rage Against the Machine, The Violent Femmes, Rollins Band, Helmet, Pantera. Um, just an amazing soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. An amazing, that amazing soundtrack. Another 90s soundtrack that just knocked it out of the park. But yeah. for me, yeah. Big Empty was like, I loved Stone Temple Pilots so much in the 90s. People said they were like a Pearl Jam knockoff, blah, blah, blah. I disagree with that a thousand percent. I think they were just, they carved their own their own niche and I think they were amazing. Um, they had a great lead man and I saw them in concert. They were awesome. They were fucking awesome. And Big Empty is a terrific song off that soundtrack. And I don't know that it necessarily like where it was played in. I don't even know when the song appears in the film or don't remember because I haven't seen The Crow in a little while, but I don't remember when they play it. I just remember loving this song and just remember, like, it just took me back, like, to that time in my life, right? When I was 20 years old and 21 years old and, you know, um, I don't know. It would play it, DP. Yeah. <laughs>
good fucking song, man. Dude, that is such a great tune. My so, God. I'll tell you. Like, Still holds up. It really end. does. I'll tell you, Stone Temple Pilots, their third album, although I feel like people didn't listen to it as much, was also great. So they were just a great band. They mm. were a great band. And and the fact that they got made their way onto this album, into this soundtrack at this time. Like I said earlier, when it came to the soundtrack talk, when we were talking about singles, the 90s was a great time for soundtracks. And this Crow soundtrack was one of the best as well. It was really, really good. They were yeah. they were in there with some greats, like the fucking Cure, Nine Inch Nails. Like, yeah. Jesus. Um, and that was... And this was, was the biggest hit off that soundtrack by far. Yeah, and yeah. this song was just terrific. Yeah. Um, and and you know what? It makes me want to go back and and remember and watch the crow just to see where this song was played. Because now that we're having this uh, episode, and I hear a lot of the stuff that Marky's saying, and I I almost feel like like I want to go back and see some of these films, not just for the score. But just when the soundtrack song sort of appeared in the in the movie, right? That's the scene. It's like, yeah, what scene it happened in? Why they played that track then? Was it? Uh, oh my god, DP, what's the word again? Diegetic. Was it diegetic or was it not? Was it something that was just playing on a radio that the characters mm. listened to, or was it something that yeah. we only heard? We as just heard as, it as the credits as, rolled or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or right, was it a credit song or was it? So, I think based on this episode, I'm paying way more attention to music and movies. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that's all I have to say about um, Big Empty and the Crow. I just I think The Crow, such a dark film, but it was one of those cult hits because of what happened to Brandon Lee. And obviously um, it was a dark like comic book adaptation. And it 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 was a really cool movie, actually. Yeah. Very stylized. I've only seen parts of it. Yeah. You, should, you ought to like just make some yeah, time for that. that. Yeah, yeah. Make some time for that. I'm making some time to rewatch it, Marky. For sure. Well, and unlike my choice, AJ, your song is one that the the song that you chose for your favorite song in a movie. That is something that I could play in, in my car, like right. yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, or yeah. and half playing all the time. Like DP said, that song still holds up. That's a good song. Yeah, yeah, really, really, really well written song. Um, damn, yeah. Doesn't give you murderous thoughts to run into a house and kill soldiers with your bare hands. I could just listen to Stone Temple Pilots like yes now. You know what I mean? They they are a band that holds up. I agree with that. Yeah, I I know. I'm I'm behind them 100. percent Yeah, yeah, big fan, big fan. When I saw them in concert, when I saw them in concert, it was after they released their first album Uh and Core. And uh, wow, was that a wild show? It was an outdoor show. It started pouring rain in the middle of it, and it was just wild. It yeah. was unbelievable. The show only got better. It started downpouring. Um, it was amazing. And how, I, how many beers did you have? How many? How many? Uh, well, what did you call? Yeah. What you call a reefer back then? Were you smoking L's? <laughs> unbelievable. Or smoking trees? I was probably. Yeah. I was probably only like nineteen. I wasn't even legal drinking yeah. age well back then the drinking age was 18 though so you've been all right, right? 
<laughs> no, it was actually during Prohibition, so you couldn't drink it all. <laughs> hey, yo. Toilet hooch. So. <laughs> That's a gin, baby. Yes, sir. All right. So, boys, I'm going to wrap this up with my my song. Yeah, good, good choice. Please. Please. Yeah, all right. Uh-huh. So, so, for me, again, I got to go back to just because it's obvious. That doesn't mean you shouldn't go with it. Right. And this one, this is a song I actually was in love with before I saw the movie and then saw the movie. And like this song sums up the movie so well. Again, not the best movie, but uh, a really fucking fun movie to watch. And goddamn, this song. If you don't love the song, I don't know what's wrong. This is just an all time like banger. You, you, you got to love. M&M's lose yourself. I mean, how do you not? Just it, l- listen to this. Again, this was so like Eminem, you know, he came out and fucking blew up and I was a huge, huge Eminem fan. And, uh, you know, after his first couple albums, he kind of started to fade away a little bit. And then this song hit and he was the biggest fucking thing in the world again and never looked back after this. This song really like completely blew him up. You know, he was already great. Like I, I was a huge fan, but this I think this song took him to a whole new stratosphere and it, for good reason. Song fucking rules, yeah, I mean, dude. It's such a fun one to the, listen to. It, it gets you fucking pumped up and it, I was gonna say. Yeah, the story of the song makes you feel good. And oh yeah, go ahead, AJ. Just like, a, I don't know, four or five years ago, I had to do a presentation for an uh, executive group at my at my company, in my bank. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to do it with this guy, this other guy, Andrew, this a fr- uh, colleague of mine. And only uh, one. And he was doing it with me. And we were pairing up and doing this. And, uh, and I was so nervous. I'm not a great public speaker. And I had to speak to executives in a room full of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, an hour before the presentation, we met like outside the, the 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 room, and we were like getting ready. And he just pulled out his phone. And he started playing this song to Hell get me yeah. pumped up, to get me pumped up for it, and it totally worked. Yes, <laughs> so I was so jazzed up for it. I went in there and I absolutely crushed it. Like I was so. <laughs> Like just the even the intro when he's just talking, you know, he's yeah. Eminem just talking at the beginning, just like mm-hmm. getting himself psyched up. Yeah. And then he yeah. kicks into the song. Like we listened to it from beginning to end, like five or six times, the two of us. And we just went in there and crushed it. Nice. Crushed yes. it. And you know what? Like uh, you yeah. said, the movie's not amazing, but I actually enjoyed the movie. I've yeah, seen it a, once. It's a fun I've watch. Seen, I've only seen the movie once, but I've listened to the song like over a hundred times. You right. know what I mean? 
Oh, that, yeah. that song's going down in history as one of the best hype songs. Like you were just, that's what I was going to get at, AJ, before you told that story. That That's now become iconic with one of the pinnacle hype songs. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's what you yeah. use. You, you, you want to get ready for something, jazz. you get pumped up. Yeah, yeah that, that's, a, that's the one you put on, dude. Right, you want to yeah. get shit done? Pop that song in. Yeah. <laughs> Shit's going down. So yeah, yeah. great choice, so, DP. Awesome choice. Yeah. And like you said, just because it's obvious doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Yeah, no. exactly. You know, it's 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 um, it should have had some Oscar buzz or something. Like did it didn't? I right? think it was nominated it for did. like best original did get, song did it or something like that. Yeah. I think he won like the it's Golden Globe here. for it too. It's hard out here for a pimp won the Oscar. So for granted, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh yeah, he won the Oscar for uh, best oh, original they, song. They oh, good. All right, great, great, yes. great. It yeah. should have. Yeah, should have. Yeah. That song was. Um, that, that song's going down in history. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. One totally. Of the best hype songs of all time. Absolutely, and and, yeah. and you know the the movie's okay. Hey, Michael fucking Shannon's in it, so well, you know you can't you, go wrong. Yeah, you got Michael Shannon. Michael Kim Shannon's Basinger. Basinger. I mean, come on. Brittany Murphy, well, before she died, so yeah, it's weird. got a pretty decent cast, you know. Yeah, or Brittany. great choices, guys. Yeah. I mean, thank you. You guys, I like both your choices. You picked songs that have kind of transcended the movies. Kind of, I mean, mm-hmm. like both the both of you admitted that you know you like the songs better than the movies to a degree. Yeah, um, for sure. Where. I mean, as mine's a much different lane, but uh, it 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 still is. It puts you in that mindset. DPS puts you in a uh, winner mindset. You can take on anything. AJ's puts you in the mindset of, I guess, the crow. I don't know. Stunted, but right. uh, badass. It's, it's funny when we're talking um, scores. For me, that's about the synchronization with the film, like, and it it enhances the film. But for me, the soundtrack and the movie were more about the music versus the film. And, Hmm. you know, maybe I didn't approach the challenge traditionally enough. Like, I don't know. I feel like we can do this. We this. We could recycle this topic. Hmm. I mean, there's there's so much to choose from. Your approach to soundtrack and song, you know, had like a more of a like a synchronization with the film which i liked a lot like i don't know i don't know that there's a lot of soundtracks that enhance the film for me as much but, i mean maybe yeah. maybe school of rock but that's yeah that feels i was like gonna say there's music for me there's a couple movies that really do an awesome job of crossing having awesome soundtracks that you could just listen to outside of the movie that really enhance the movie and i think um like the guardians of the galaxy does it awesome mm. like uh, the mm. the music it you can listen to that anytime and it enhances Fantastic the movie soundtrack. yeah and i think uh forrest gump did that very well as well yeah. like the forrest gump soundtrack is some great fucking like music to listen to great 60s Both 70s rock movies. songs and it enhances picked the film. Great songs. Yeah. Yes. They, they they picked fantastic songs to fit the movie. And you're right. You can listen yeah. to them alone because they're they're excellent songs. I mean, it's, they, they, yeah. James Gunn and whoever did Forrest Gump, just they fucking nailed it. 
Yeah. So, but again, those, uh, I think those movies are kind of few and far between. Robert Zemeckis, did he do Forrest Gump? Uh, someone like that. I can't remember offhand. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. So, but yeah, this was a you fucking this, awesome this, talking topic. Marty. I had a, thank you for doing I, this. Thank you, man. I I was a little bit nervous gearing up to it, you know, but right before we recorded, and DP gave me a little taste of what he had sampled for music. I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be a lot of fun. And I yeah. think we could recycle this. Yeah, in, we could do this the, again in the future because I mean, we could even. We could totally recycle the same idea, pick a composer soundtrack song, maybe mix it up a little mm-hmm. bit. There's so much to choose from right? that we could talk at length for hours. Yeah, and we could I, pick a specific genres of music in movies, you know, like yeah. pick your favorite horror movie score, pick your favorite, you know, you know, action movie score, the, you know, shit like that. Yeah. Be, yeah. We, and it's just fun to play music too. I love music. I so. know it's great. I love it. <laughs> I think um, I think this has a lot of um, I don't know staying power. Like this, yeah. there's a lot yeah. that can be yeah. done. With a, lot, a lot of tread on these tires. Yeah, yeah, I'm there sure, is. There is. There I'm is. sure TW is going to be sad that he missed out, but he would have just uh, picked uh, yeah. Hannah Montana and mm-hmm. what's that movie with um, Bradley Cooper and um, Oh, A Star Is Born. Yeah, star, he, he, he would have picked. A Star yeah. Is Born and uh, and Hannah Montana would yeah. be his favorite picks. favorite favorite song in the movie. <laughs> a Star Is Born with Lady Gaga. Yeah, hey, uh, soundtrack Hannah Montana. Mm-hmm. Favorite composer Miley Cyrus. Uh, yeah, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> so, all right, boys. she's actually great. I love her. So, uh, anybody got any words of wisdom? I think I think we're about to call it a night here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we're uh, we're winding say, down. Yeah, we're, one more time. Uh, uh-huh. If you're listening on iTunes, rate, review the podcast. Super helpful. Uh, follow us on social media at Movie Council Pod, and uh, shoot us an email, moviecouncilpod at gmail.com. And I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt a sign off right now. All right, I can't wait. Okay, let's hear it for the acting CEO AJ here, Mm -hmm. for the acting COO DP, for the boy toy and training Marky. I wish you all a good night. Night night. Love you, mom. The Movie Council is adjourned.